Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Well, Jeremy, they had uh, a bit of uh, free practice yesterday. In fact, we promoted a test session yesterday, which uh, Shay and I were uh, fortunate enough to have some time to go out because we weren't tied to the booth because we weren't broadcasting it. So we actually got to see cars going around, which was great. The big Fords sound fantastic. The uh, Mercedes, very quiet but very quick through the centre of the corners. The TCR cars always look like they're on the ragged edge and take a lot of speed through the corners as well. And the Audi, uh, single Audi, uh, in the category this weekend, look very well balanced uh, around all the track. But my favourite, undoubtedly, the Minis, being thrown at every corner, exactly as a Mini Cooper should be. Uh, And they're in the ST class as well. So three classes this year which will be only two next year. This is the swan song for the STs. Been a fantastic class and a great servant in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. A very, very tight race that we had, the four-hour race uh, last weekend at Watkins Glen International. And there'll be a few people with things to prove after that. People who want to keep momentum going if you did well. If you didn't, it's reset and start again. It is. And you know, the championship battle up the front couldn't be any tighter. We've got two, te- two uh, teams tied for the lead in GS with uh, Dylan McAvern and Spencer Pompelli. Uh, equal on points with James Clay and Tyler Cook. That's number 28, Porsche, and number 82, BMW from Bimmer World team. They're tied and just six points behind them are Nate Stacey and Ontario's own Carl Marcelli. They'll be sharing a Ford Mustang car number 60. So they are very much in contention, having won two of the four races already so far this season. In TCR, Rodrigo Salas and Kuna Whitmer from Canada lead the way by six points over their teammates, Britt Casey Jr. and Tom Long, who won last weekend at Watkins Glen. And in ST, well, there's uh, seven points cover the top four in the standings. Mark Pombo leads away. He's got a new co-driver for the last couple of rounds. Had uh, their, their second win of the season, but the first for young Colin Mullen, just 16 years of age, who will be sharing the number uh, 73 car, excuse me, number 52 car this weekend with uh, Matt, Mark Pombo, the championship leader, has on 127 points. Nick Gallant and Devin Jones in the BMW for Bimmer World Racing Four points behind in second place, having won the pole each of the last two races. Matt Pombo and Mike Lamara in column of 73 lie third in the points, just two points behind Gallant and Jones. And Max Faulkner and Jason Rabin, the body motion Porsche Cayman, they're just one point, point behind Pombo and Lamara in fourth place as well. So very, very tight in ST points. And we saw, yeah, the usual tremendous battling last weekend in the GS category. And judging by the first practice session of the weekend, which took place a little earlier today. We're going to see the same sort of action here as well. Yes, the it's always been a very close fought uh, series. This the green flag is out and the clock is running. So the stream of cars are heading down towards Moss Corner. The minis have got out very 
early indeed. The goals get out of the way. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. In fact, we've already got the number 60, the uh, chrome black and red Mustang coming around. And that, I think, will be the first car to go across the line with Nate Stacey behind the wheel. And yes, it was Nate that saw the green flag at the start line first. Hugh Plum was right in there too in the 46. Uh, Ted Giovannis Motorsport, TGM, uh, AMG GT4 uh, Mercedes. So those guys must have been out of the pit lane fairly sharpish. Yes, and the, the times this morning, it was Alex Prema in column 92 Mercedes that led the way with a 124.4. And that was... A couple of tenths of a second underneath the qualifying track record set last year by Chris Green in a motorsport in action McLaren. That car, by the way, uh, now in the hands of uh, Jesse Lazare and Corey Fergus. They were eighth fastest this morning. Not too far off the pace. Five, six tenths off the pace. Second fastest this morning was Carl Marcelli in that number 60 Ford. Third position, the championship leader Spencer Pompelli in the RS1 Porsche Cayman. At uh, 124.7, so just less than three tenths of a second covering the top three, three different manufacturers Mercedes, Ford, and Porsche. Yeah, let's let, get everybody up to speed. Quick in and out, or quick out and in for BMW number 81, straight back into the pit lane after an exploratory lap. I'm having a look round the front of the car, and it looks like the Hood might not have been fastened properly. Oops. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I take that back. Take that back. They were lifting. They were unfastening the hood, not checking the fastenings. So something not quite right there. And now it is slammed. So it wasn't anything desperately out of order. Uh, 126.223 for Hugh Plum in the number 46 Mercedes GT4. And that's not a bad opening gambit. Beautiful weather. Fabulous conditions. A little bit breezy, blowing behind the cars as they're going down towards the first right-hander after the start-finish line, just over the top of that brow. Just checking the times. TCR's coming up to... Pierce very quickly. Tom Long first in the number 77 Audi. 129.908. Lee Carpentier in the 10 Audi in second. 131.0. I'll stop saying Audi because they're all Audis in the 10 TCR. 75 then is in third position for Roy Block with a 31. Yeah, and in ST, it's uh, M. Pombo that leads the way in car number 52, <laughs> with uh, M. Pombo in uh, second place in car number 73. And uh, that would be <laughs> number 52 car. It is, uh, good grief, I always, I, always, I always have to check my chart, to be honest. 52 is Mark, uh, and uh, in the uh, number 73 car is uh, older brother Matt, uh, who is sharing that number 73 car with uh, Mike Lamara. So it's um, the... Uh, Younger brother that leads the way at the moment. That was the, the car that won last time out, last weekend. As Mark Pumper shares that car with 16-year-old from California, Colin Mullen, who is uh, certainly making a name for himself. That was just his second start. He made his debut in the previous round at Mid-Ohio. Oh, And uh, Colin from Danville in California. He started off racing quarter midgets well. and then moved up to the Mini Cup, which is sort of mini stock cars, I guess, uh, 
but uh, at the age of 11, by the way. Uh, then right, into not, so for our international listeners, nothing to do with BMW no. or British Leyland Minis. Right. Right, OK. Correct. Okay. Correct. Just, uh, just mini, mini, mini stock cars, Mini size. On, uh, yes. on, I think it was on... Not sure it was on dirt. Shell, on, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure it was dirt or or, or, or asphalt. To be honest, then then moved into uh, spec uh, spec Miata as a uh, I think 13 or 14 year old, <laughs> and then raced in some in some uh, uh, open wheel events after that in, in Formula Speed, and then he, did, he made his debut in the, in the F4 Championship last year at Mid Ohio and finished fifth, which is pretty stout for, a, for towards the end of the season. His first race at that sort of level, but now really setting his sight on a uh, on a on a on a career in sports cars. One of an increasing number, Jeremy, of young drivers yeah. who make that decision earlier. You work with Team USA. You, you know, you're identifying new young talent from North America, and you know, back in back in the day, lad. Uh, it would have been karting, Formula Ford, Formula Ford 2000, maybe Formula 3 or Formula 2, and you know then into the higher classes of international open wheel events. And you know, sports cars was something that you did if you couldn't get a drive in single seaters, or when you were coming to the end of your careers. That's not the case now, is it? We're getting uh, far more young drivers who start off with the idea of I want to be a touring car driver or I want to be a GT driver. Yeah, very much so. You know, there's there's, there's several youngsters uh, in the championship now. We look at uh, even look at Brick Brick Casey Jr., who mm. won the TCR class last weekend with Tom Long. Tom Long's been around the sport a long time, but Brick Casey Jr., you know, he's still only 20 years of age, and uh, is you know, a really really talented youngster who's been in this championship now for. He made his debut back in 2014, believe it or not. Uh, but he's now he's now 20 and a bit of a grizzled veteran now, but a very, really talented youngster here. He's had his sights set right here since pretty much the beginning. Chase, talking of youngsters, Chase Briscoe is shown as the uh, fastest time in this session in car number 15. That's the Multimatic Motorsports Ford Mustang, or one of... One of uh, Two cars, actually. The, the Montemagno cars are first and second. Number 15 of Chase Briscoe, followed by number eight. That's Patrick Gallagher that won last weekend with Chad McCombie in that number eight car. But Chase Briscoe, the short track NASCAR driver, fastest so far, 125.309. It's about a second away from the fastest time from this morning, but he's still good enough to lead the way in the early stages of this afternoon session. It's Ford, Ford, Ford at the front. Chase Briscoe in car number 15. Patrick Gallagher in number 8. Nate Stacy in car number 60. And then a couple of Mercedes. Damien Faulkner in car number 33 for Windward Racing. And Hugh Plum in the Mercedes car number 46 for Team TGM. And then the Audi. Jeff Westfall in car number 39, 6 fastest. All of those top 6 cars within, well, a fraction over half a second. TCR, quite a few of those guys just uh, kind of splitting the sessions between, yeah, well, number 77 car, Tom Long, is uh, fastest at the moment. Actually, he did go out this morning. Uh, in number 75 car this morning was uh, Pierre Kleinubing did the whole session. It was third fastest. It was a 74, 77 and 75 
uh, Kuno Whitmer, Britt Casey Jr. and Pierre Kleinubing, all of them driving for Compass Racing, one, two, three this morning. But uh, Pierre Kleinubing did the whole session. So this afternoon in that number 75 car will be Roy Block, I presume, doing the whole session. And then uh, he will get ready for qualifying tomorrow. There's a purple sector time, which is fastest for all. Jeff Westfall in that number 33, 39 car barn Audi R8 LMS GT4. The only Audi that John was talking about. We had a few, uh, two, three or four cars at uh, the turn of the season opener. Since then, we've just seen this uh, car barn car, which is new to the series this season, with Steve Dynan, better known for preparing BMW engines yeah, as one of the team so. principals there at... Uh, Carbon Autosport. He, he did the BMW DPI engines, didn't he? Yep. Back in the back in the day of Grand Am. Uh, Shit, Adam, our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter is down uh, around the Ford area, and it hasn't been plain sailing, particularly for the number 15. New, no, and as Scott Maxwell was just telling me that uh, yesterday in the promoter test day, well, it proved to be very worthwhile for you guys because you didn't wind up losing all of today. What exactly happened to the 15 yesterday? Other than a massive hole in the bottom of the oil pan, we really don't know yet. But we lost an engine, obviously. And uh, so we had to do an engine change overnight. So we're a session behind everybody, but we're quickly catching up. And we have the help of our teammates as well to go by their data and stuff. So we're playing catch-up, but we're starting to get there. And Chase is doing a great job right now in practice. You're trying to bring a kid up to a track that you know in your sleep. What sort of advice can you give him to get around Mosport a little bit quicker? Well, again, these guys are so naturally talented. It's not about speed. It's more about uh, technique and rhythm and things like that. And Mosport's super intimidating. So, um, you know, he was telling me where he brakes in his truck on the backs right now. And I'm telling him that with all the downforce and braking we got, you have to go another 200 feet. So it's little details like that. Looking at the data there at the end of every session, but then he picks it up immediately. So... It's not as hard as it sounds when you're working with a talent like that. And when you come to this track, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, it's your home track. you got to have a lot of fans stopping you, recognizing you, cheering you on. Because it wasn't that long ago that you and Billy Johnson were doing a lap of burnouts around this place after winning. Yeah, I mean, this is the only race really of the year that uh, it's only my only Canadian race. And I don't race at Mosport that often, once a year at best. So it's nice where family and friends can come out and see me race. And, uh, I mean, it's my home track. I've been coming here for more years than I want to remember. So, uh, yeah, I love coming here. So, campers out there, you want a car to share for? Pick the number 15. And I'm camping too. And he's camping too, so that's even better. Oh, great. Great. Thank you, Sheikh. That Continental Tire uh, Pit Lane report. Uh, 32, 33 minutes, let's call it. We're down to the 25s already. The Audi at the top. Tyler McQuarrie was quick in that Audi last weekend. It has had a bit of a BOP. Got a bit of weight put on it. Uh, yeah. It's got the 25 kilos that I've lost since this time last year. Just 20. Oh, just, just 20. 20. Yeah, right, so okay. uh, not quite as much. As, uh, but uh, it hasn't slowed the car down much. It was certainly very, very fast last weekend. Uh, I think Tyler's, uh, Tyler McCoy struggled in qualifying last weekend, if I remember, but worked his way forward very quickly in the race. And then Jeff uh, Westfall also ran well. That uh, car uh, I think probably hasn't yet shown its its full potential in terms of results perhaps but that's definitely coming they came away with a fourth place finish last weekend that was their best of the season so far i think we can expect to see that car running up front on a regular basis two very talented drivers in jeff westfall and tyler mcquarrie might not be particularly well-known names either of those two perhaps mm. but certainly for jeff westfall 
he made his name initially in uh, USF in well, in in F two thousand cars on the West Coast in uh, the uh, Pacific F two thousand Championship and was very very quick right away uh, as a, a youngster. That was a few years ago now, I guess, but he's. Uh, He's 31 years of age already, which is quite remarkable. But he won that championship yeah, 10 years ago, actually. Had nine wins that season, did Jeff Westfall. Unable to kind of make the make the career break, perhaps, uh, was Jeff. But he had some opportunity. Did race in the in the Grand Down Championship in the, uh, in the uh, GT category, particularly with that, uh, with the one of the Pontiacs, didn't he? He drove the yes. XPR, yeah. XPR cars. And, and in the last few years, he'd been racing done quite a lot of racing in Europe on the Nordschleife in the, the Glickenhaus well. car very very fast I, he's I been involved in development of that car didn't he take pole position I think he did I think he was driving the Glickenhaus when it took pole position not yeah. this year but last year uh, it, and in uh, honour of that um, Jim Glickenhaus uh, sponsored the trophy for the pole position <laughs> Uh, took it in the... It's a single-car shootout as well. So it is absolutely head-down, no-nonsense, boogie. Flat-out stuff. Yeah, and his co-driver, Tyler McCrory, he's been around a little bit longer even. He's done a lot of racing. He's raced just about everything that's possible to race. Uh, done a lot of drifting as well over the over the last few years. He's it's a skill in one, itself. One, we are one of, the, one of the top stars in the drifting world. Uh, he's done a lot of off-road racing as well. And he's getting ready for Baja. Uh, coming up not well, towards the end of this year as well. So he's a, he's a busy guy. And those two make a really good combination, two oh. very, very talented drivers. But they've been usurped at the top of the charts now by another of the Mercedes. That's number 33 car, Damien Faulkner, turns a 124.853. And uh, that's about four-tenths of a second away from the best time turn this morning by uh, Alexander Prima in car number 92. So at the moment, it's uh, Mercedes, Audi, Ford, 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 BMW, Mercedes, BMW, McLaren, McLaren round out the top 10. The best of the Porsches, Dylan McAvern at the wheel of the number 28 RS1, Porsche Cayman. He's sharing that car with Spencer Papelli, who was quick this morning. He was third fastest this morning with Spencer. But Dylan McAvern at the moment just uh, bumped down to, you just bumped down one position by whom? 90.7 around the track. RS2 is IMSA Radio for Around the World. Very busy weekend on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, classic Le Mans in sound and vision this weekend. VLN4 talking about the Nordschleifer in sound and vision this weekend. Portimao 24 hours in Portugal in sound and vision. Uh, you don't have to make any choices though because the archive will be uh, updated as the weekend goes on. So you can stick with us here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park on IMSA Radio RS2 and uh, then pick up the rest of the action uh, at your leisure. Download it or listen on demand. And the video archives going up as well. We'll get the links up as quickly as possible after the events. Uh, but with uh, our teams spread to the far winds. So what was that a 24-8 from Demo? That's pretty good. Yep, and uh, Patrick Gallagher jumping into second place, number eighty and uh, number eight, Multimatic Ford Mustang, uh, a twenty-five point zero. Jeff Westfall in the Audi car number thirty-nine, also twenty-five point zero, and then twenty-five point one for Chase Briscoe in number fifteen Ford. He's back in the pits at the moment. Nate Stacy rounds up the top five in car number sixty. It's another of the Fords. And the best of the BMWs, kind of a 26, Jason Clooney, 
sharing that card this weekend with Toby Grohovic. Those two already had a podium finish to their name this season, but this is just the second start of the year for Jason Clooney from Saskatchewan. And uh, very much looking forward to racing back here again at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. What's not to like, Jeremy, as we've said? For any Canadian. Raced here in all sorts of cars over the years, Formula Fords, F2000 cars. I'd say for any driver, I think this is one of the the circuits. You know, again, just talking to the drivers down at Marion's where we are superbly catered by Marion, Sandra and the rest of the team. A lot of the teams are in there and you talk to the guys and they look forward to coming here. They look forward to taking this challenge. In some ways, it's a bit of an old school circuit still at places. uh, Places that you can't afford to make mistakes as we saw from... Uh, Elio Castro Neves earlier on. couple of mistakes going up into Moss. Kind of got away with the first one. Second one, bang, bit him. Did bit him hard. And we heard, we've heard several drivers this morning, Oliver Jarvis, saying he, he enjoys the fact that there are consequences here if you make a mistake. Yes. Uh, Elio Castro Neves might not share that sentence <laughs> at the moment, but uh, it is a track that the drivers absolutely relish the challenge here. There's improvement for Patrick Gallagher again. Still in second place, though, but by point zero two one now to Damien Faulkner. So number eight, Multimatic Ford Mustang. That's a car that won last weekend at Watkins Glen. They had a really diff- difficult start to the season. Chad McCombie and Patrick Gallagher retired in each of the first two races, having run strongly in both of them, I should add. But then now, now things are coming together. They had a, a very good second-place finish and the pole for Chad McCombie at Mid-Ohio, and then came away with victory last time out at Watkins Glen. Yeah, they qualified sixth of the first round. Um, Patrick Gall did then third at Sebring, uh, but again, retirements from both of those two races, but then a, f- a second and a first in the last two, so that number eight car is on a roll, trying to get itself into championship contention. They're still quite a way behind, but making progress like that, and should get himself up into the championship picture. Brett Sandberg in car number 80. That's the AWA Ford Mustang sharing with Ontario's Martin Barkey. Eighth place. That was a car that was on the pole position in the hands of Brett Sandberg one week ago. Now moving up inside the top 10. We've got top eight cars covered by a second at the moment. We're still 25 minutes remaining in this second practice session of the day. TCR, it's Kuna Whitmer that leads the way in car number 74. A trackside violation there for car number 10. That's uh, Kieran O'Rourke, third fastest in TCR, sharing that car with Lee Carpentier. Got a drive-through penalty for that, so it must have been fairly egregious. There's, let's say which point of the racetrack, but certainly the officials have been watching out. They've been pretty fastidious last weekend as well on drivers exceeding the track limits and particularly finding improvements in lap time you the the white line around the edge of the racetrack is there for a reason it's to delineate the race course and there are various places here particularly now at uh, at turn three at turn uh, eight i believe and maybe a couple other places well and turn five where if you stray over those white lines you can certainly pick up time 
That is being actively discouraged by the <laughs> officials, let's say. That's very good, Jeremy. I like that. <laughs> it's, about, it's about holding on to momentum, a lot of these things. You yeah. know, you're, you're looking, and, and a lot of people will say, well, if you go off the track, you're going further. How can, how, that, how can that possibly be an advantage? If you've gone wide, you've gone off the track. We're not talking about cutting corners here. That's very obvious, and that's always jumped on if you start cutting across chicanes and things like that. But what, what the... And it's a very, very tough call to make because you've got to be... And you, I thought you explained it very well, Jeremy, at uh, Watkins Glen last weekend. What the race officials are looking for is people who gain advantage by going off the track. And and sometimes you can gain advantage by going off track because what you do is you go into the corner fast, faster than you really should do, and you know you're not going to stay on the exit and you take more momentum through the corner. And so long as you can straighten the car up again, you balance it. It's a balancing act, but if you've taken enough extra speed on the turning and through the apex of the corner, that running a little bit extra, maybe a car's width or a couple of car's width wide, that balances off and sometimes you can come out in credit. And IMSA are pretty sophisticated how they look at these yeah. things. In terms of the split times in various parts of the circuit, we have a certain amount of split times. They have them. They have more than we have. And they can look and say, well, yeah, you see, he's gained five-tenths there. Um by going off the track at such and such a corner and therefore you'll get warned and you get pinged for it and the more times you do it the more likely you are to get uh, effectively then told don't do that anymore or we'll pull you in the pitch and park you uh, and so th- you know, that's these are decisions that are being made not on the basis of sticking a finger in the air up in uh, race control that are being made empirically and looking at the data uh, IMSA are one of the leading lights, everything that they do, whether it's the balance of performance, whether it's these kind of penalties, they are looking at actual data and saying, well, there was an advantage there. Or, on the other side of it, get a report saying car number double zero with Hindoff in it is is gone off at turn one and uh, it's track limits. And then they'll look at the evidence and go, yeah, he went off because he's a bit of a wally, missed his breaking point, and uh, actually cost himself three seconds there, so he, we're not going to give him a warning for that, he was just trying to avoid going into the wall, he was, he'd was he ran out of talent some, some time before, and uh, therefore you don't get a warning for that, and it, it, so this is, what I'm saying is, this is not people sticking a finger up the air, uh, stick finger in the air, and, and sort of feeling the way the wind's blowing, uh, this is being done on actual data, empirical data, and they can say, yes, there was a gain here, and it was X amount of times. Uh, X amount of time that was that was gained at that point. So now down to 20 and a half minutes to go. A couple of improvements over the last few minutes. Matt Plum has just jumped up into third place for Compass Racing. That's number 76, McLaren 570S GT4. He's turned a 124.8, which, as have the first two. So, so Damien Faulkner, a 24.853. Patrick Gallagher, 24.874. And Matt Plum now, 24.876. So uh, that couldn't get much tighter. That's a Mercedes Ford and a McLaren at the front. Uh, the Audi in fourth position, so good parity there. Jason Clooney's BMW remains in the eighth position. And the best of the Porsches is... Uh, 
Dylan McAvern currently down in 13th place. Let's go down to Damien Faulkner, fresh out of the car that is on top of the times at the moment. Russell Ward has just taken the 33 Windward Racing by HTP out onto the circuit. And here's a Continental Tire pit lane report with Shane. It's always a good thing when a driver gets out of a car and sees that their name is on the top of the charts. So, Damo, you a lot happier after that session then with the Mercedes around Canadian Tire Motorsport Park? Yeah, we had a good day yesterday and then just we had a sort of a bit of a mixed bag this morning because, or in the af- first afternoon session, um, we had two red flags. I guess it's the same for everybody else. We just, just ran into traffic and really didn't show its true potential. So, um, yeah, and there was a few things we needed to do and a few things we found that just weren't where we thought they were. And so we've corrected all of that and now the car is pretty good. So um, that was a sort of a decent, half-decent run again um it was only really could only really get one lap without traffic so um and it's nice to get into a rhythm it's all about rhythm and momentum here and um it's a fantastic track i love it um i had a couple of poles so you know we're we're gunning for it uh russell is driving really well um so i think as a pair we're we're uh, looking very handy um for a good result tomorrow and that's that's what we're here for it was really hot yesterday. It looked very slippery around the circuit, particularly coming through turn two. It looked like you were fighting a lot of understeer. Uh, you and, and everybody else out there, to be fair. Is it uh, better track conditions going today with it being a bit cooler? Um, a little bit, maybe. But um, the other thing is the rain last night washed the track, so it was very green today. Um, at least that's the way I found it today when I was out there, So, um, particularly in the first session. So... Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thankfully it's cooled down a bit because uh, that was a bit too much yesterday. How was the car on new tires uh, over yesterday and then today? Because last week it was a bit of a handful. and Any better? Um, on new tires, um, uh, we didn't really get a good run on new tires, I don't think, in, mid- in uh, Watkins um, with the rain in the first session. Um, it was okay just there. Um, but then, you know, this is only practice. I don't know who, who ran what, so um, I'm sure some people did run new tyres, and I know it's very close at the top, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, that's the challenge that motor racing throws at you, isn't it? And, and it's, it's constantly sort of changing and evolving, and that's why you have <laughs> engineers to, <laughs> to do that work and work out the, the mathematics and the science behind their uh, madness sometimes. I've got one last question for you. With only one car from the Windward team, does that mean that all the focus is on you and Russell? Are you, are you feeling like you get all the good teachers on your side? Well, I mean, Windward run two two equal cars, you know, um, and so it's uh, it doesn't really make much difference. Um, it's a little le- bit less busy this weekend because there's not as much crew around. Um, but other than that, there's not really a difference. Yeah, we want Brace and Indy back soon. Good luck this weekend, Demo. Thank you. That's uh, Damien Faulkner with the Continental Tire Pit Lane Report and Shea Adam uh, down there on the pit lane. Just under 17 minutes to go. That was a very decent time. Interesting to hear that that's... It sounded to me there, Jeremy, as well, that was set on uh, on new tyres for for Damien and uh, the, the, all the Mercedes drivers are having trouble getting the tyres switched on at, uh, at Watkins Glen a week or so ago. So maybe just a little bit of a better balance here. Uh, by the way, what about Rodrigo Sales and the 74 
uh, Audi, the top TCR car, 14th position and right in the mix with the GS cars. Yeah, that was Kuno Whitmer that set that time a little while ago. Just only a second and a half uh, off the ultimate pace. That is remarkable. Right in the thick of the G- GS cars there. Ahead of James Clay, actually, in number 82 Boomer World BMW. James Clay is currently lying second in the GS Championship. That, that was a remarkable effort by Whitmer earlier in the session. And uh, Rodrigo Sala is not quite up to that pace yet, but still turning some uh, some good laps in the number 74 car. That's the car that leads the way then in TCR by, well, he's got about uh, nearly six cents of a second over Brick Casey Jr. and Tom Long in the sister Compass Racing car. That's kind of a 77. Up into third place in TCR now is number 54. That's Michael Johnson driving the... the uh, a JDC Miller Motorsport car number 54. All of the Audis this weekend in TCR. Michael Johnson had a brilliant run last week at Watkins Glen. He always starts the car, then hands it over to Stephen Simpson for the end of the race. And uh, started, as usual, relatively conservative the last weekend, but then just flew through the field, caught up with the leaders. When I say through the field, passed a lot of GS cars. Uh, caught up with the leaders in GS was involved in a great battle there which was continued by Stephen Simpson when he took over that car and why why is that all all the more remarkable it's all the more remarkable because Michael Johnson in case you're not familiar is paralyzed from the chest down uh, as a uh, as a teenager had a crash getting getting on for getting on for a decade ago now when he was racing uh, motorcycles flat track motorcycles had a big crash had several but uh, this one broke his broke his back paralyzed from the chest down but was he going to give up his motorsport career absolutely not he just he just figured that four wheels uh, was better than two so started off in karting had some success in karting went to the skip barber racing school and uh, was just uh, remarkable talent there driving with hand controls of course uh, which was developed uh, with a school it was somewhat agricultural system but it worked and michael was able to wait make it work he actually won races at the skip barber school moved on to the, the mazda road to indy race first of all in the uh, cooper usf 2000 championship powered by mazda uh, had uh, some some good strong results there then moved on to the next level on that mazda road to indy the pro mazda championship and in several sessions he, he michael johnson would find himself up in the top four or five you know it's awfully difficult for him to 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 translate that into a full race distance, particularly in, a, in an open-wheel car, but just a remarkable talent. Brilliant. And just the whole resilience of Michael, and he's, he's, he truly is an inspiration. And it was a brilliant drive by, by him last weekend. And yes, it was. here he is then, John, third fastest in this session so far in TCR. Brilliant. In the 54 car. Eric Foss just improved in the number 56, the Tangerine white and black uh, AMG GT4 up to sixth position with a 25-1. Yeah, and he's just taken over that car from Jeff Mosing, who'd, who'd, who'd actually a few laps just. Eric, I think, has just got in that car for only a, a couple or three laps, and and Jeff Mosing he jumped himself up into the, into that sixth place just a few laps ago as well. So both of those two in at number 56 car showing a good pace. Eric Foss taking over there and just improving the time, but not the position. Improvement for Britt Casey Jr. that we were talking about in the 77 TCR. 18th position and a one was that 20, 27 flat. Yes, 27007 uh, on that car. Again, just underlying how quick these cars are around here through the twisty bits, particularly. Warning for the Owen Trinkler number 46 AMG Mercedes plus three kilometres an hour. 
Just coming into the pit lane there. That's just a warning. Also for the 65, that's the team car to uh, the Mercedes we were just talking about, Eric Voss's teammate. And who's in the 65? I think that was Tim Probert, actually. No, it's Justin Piscatel now. All right, okay. It was Tim. So it uh, depends on whether it was on the way or on the win out. True. That's two clicks over that they were, so they're getting a warning as well. This is all pit lane speed violations we're talking about. Decent lap last time around as well, or on the way, should I say, uh, by, uh, is that Kyle Marcelli? No, it's one line down from there. It's the 26BMW. Jason Clooney, yes, yes, from Saskatchewan in number in f- 26BMW. That's one of the new cars, isn't it, this yep. weekend? Uh, no, not new car. It's the same car. Oh, yes. Number 26, yes. Uh, classic BMW. Classic BMW, Best energy yeah. group car. Well, it's been, that's been a regular, but with, with, uh, with a... So, revolving door of drivers. Correct. New driver is uh, what I should yes. have said. Yeah, Jason, just uh, he's just done the one race this season. That was at Sebring, where that pairing finished in second place. So, they are trying to replicate that this weekend. And Jason's certainly showing well here, on, uh, at least in his homeland. Stephen McAleer, very rapid Scotsman. In 11th place at the moment, he's just improved to a 25.8. And he's going to go quicker again uh, in that Porsche number five, the body motion car. And, oh, does he just, does, oh no, he hasn't come through yet, sorry. I am struggling to follow the line across today with my eyes. Let's see him come across the line now. If I look outside, there goes the dark red Mercedes. Stephen must be pretty close to the back of that car, yet goes through. Oh, got held up in the last sector. Yeah, big time. So didn't improve that. Great story from Stephen McAleer. Was, uh. Very successful. Stacking shelves in a supermarket in Scotland. I came across to the States and started winning races and scholarships Again, and a bit of money. Again, Barber School. Yes, absolutely. How many talented drivers have come through there with barely a penny to their name, Jeremy, and being pushed forward by the, the Skippy School? Yeah. I yeah, remember skip. having Stephen on the predecessor to... Midweek Motorsport. Now, bear in mind that Midweek Motorsport's been going 13 years. Um, it must have been the very early days. We were still in the uh, ITN building. Uh, in the ITN building at Grays Inn Road in central London. We did the show out of a studio there on a Wednesday. Remember it well. Had him uh, on the phone and then he was down in London and we had him on there. And as I say, his his job at that time was stacking shelves, restacking shelves in a grocery supermarket. And Any uh, way to earn a little bit of money. Oh, absolutely. And yep. there's a lad who knows how, you know, what hard work is. Yep. Uh, great to see him doing well. And uh, a very talented driver. And you have to wonder, Jeremy, and again, you know, you work with Team USA, so you, you know, see this. We were talking the other day about, you know, playing soccer or tennis or, you know, even throwing a baseball around. You can go and do that in the back garden and you can go and practice on your own. I wonder how many really talented motor racing drivers we have never seen or heard of because they've never had the opportunity yeah. to jump in a car. And, and I know that sounds silly, but you don't know until you do it. No, and, uh, and you know, th- th- there's drivers that will kind of plead poverty, but there's other drivers who will actually get out there and make something happen for themselves. That's exactly what Stephen McAleer has done. And, you know, it is possible. It's just a question of how much you want to sacrifice, how much you want to give up from, 
you know, from from real life, from your know, normal life. Because Absolutely. if you want to be a racing driver and you don't have the money, you're not going to get going to live a normal existence. No. You've got to give up an awful lot. You've got to make all those sacrifices, and you know it's uh, it's you know, uh, there's very very few pe- few people who are able or willing uh, to to to. Uh, yeah, to do what it takes. These and days. anybody who's had support right through their career—that's not a criticism. No, 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 no. I didn't take yeah. it as such. But the advantage that it is for anybody to have had support from a young age, where they don't have to worry where next year's budget's coming from. Now, you know, it doesn't necessarily make them a better driver, and it certainly doesn't make the driving part any easier. But what it does mean is they can concentrate solely on the driving. And honing their driving skills rather than having to be a businessman, mm. a marketing man, a PR man, a sponsorship finder, which is what, you know, Stephen and, and many others as well uh, have done. Improvement for Stephen again there. Another improvement. 25-4. Yeah, up into the seventh position. There. Also an improvement. Just a, 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 just, you just come into the pits now. But Scott Maxwell yes. improved in car number 15 to a 124.923. Uh, that means now we've got the top four cars covered by 0.07 of a second. So seven hundredths of a second uh, covering the top four cars in this session. That's number 33 Mercedes, number f- 8 Ford, number 76 McLaren, and a number 15 Ford. And bear in mind, I think that you false start in the, in the 100 metres final in the, uh, in, in the Olympics. If you react before, I think it's a tenth of a second, then that's a false start. They'll reckon that you've guessed it. So you have. So we've got four cars within a false start of a 100 metres final. Just put that in per- perspective cool. there. That's extraordinary, isn't it? That is pretty cool. And then a couple of tenths back to Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi number 20, uh, 39, rather. A little bit heavier this weekend. That's the car, not Tyler. Uh, Scott Maxwell. Wasn't in the pits very long. Came in, had a quick word with his team, uh, put the order in tonight for the takeaway, and then is straight back out on the track again. I'll have the four cheese pizza, please, and I'll be back in five minutes, which is how long we've got in the session. Spencer Pompelli improved to get briefly up into the top ten and number 28 RS1 Porsche came. That's the car that's leading the championship. Also, just vaulted ahead of him is uh, Alan Brynjolfsson in that... At, uh, Highlighter yellow, yellow, yellow. Yes. highlighter yellow. That's the term you used earlier on. Excellent. Highlighter yellow, kind of a seven. The Ford Mustang, Alan Brynjolfsson, originally from Iceland, based now in Florida. A one twenty-five point six for Brynjolfsson. Eric Foss also improved again in the number fifty-six Mercedes, fifth fastest, just ahead of the Audi now of Tyler McCory. And again, that's uh, five cars now within two tenths of the fastest time so nobody has quite yet got down to the time oh, still four tenths away from the fastest time it's said in the earlier session by Alex Prema in car number 92 and this session it's been Mark Ramsey who's taken I think I think he's done the whole session so far actually this one yeah, I agree. in car number 92 that's the Ramsey Racing Mercedes was the fastest this morning Mark just starting out in motorsports just is it's is effectively his first season of uh, proper racing so he's wow. Uh, got a, he, to I learn. was going to say he's on a learning curve yeah. that is pretty much vertical. Yeah, but what a good teacher in Alex Bremer. Oh yeah, That's for a- sure. and you know, and I'll say this: that um, one of the great advantages of uh, of GT3 and here GT4 
is the cars are relatively accessible for people who don't drive or haven't driven a lot and they make you feel quite confident very quickly so uh, sometimes people can get a wee bit overconfident but it's always going to take a good driver to ring the last four or five percent out of any car but that's not necessarily the point for all the drivers here jeremy it's it's you know we talk about consistency so much and as a non-pro driver you've got to get out there and get close to find a time that you're comfortable at and then get as close to it every single lap that you go around. It doesn't, you don't have to be within a tenth of your pro driver. What you have to be is within a tenth of your set time that your team... T- can you can you do round here? You know, what's, what's Mark doing round here in the 92 car? So he's doing 30s. Right, can you, can you do a 29? Oh, I think I might be able to do a 29, but uh, that, feels, that feels a bit scary to us. Right, well, let's see if we can get you down to a 30. Can you do a 30? Yeah, right. 30.9? Yeah, okay. Well, let's, let's try and get to a 30.7. And when you've got to a 30.7, let's do three or four 30.7s. Whatever's happening, whatever's happening around you, can you find that time? And then all of a sudden, he'll start to gain more confidence, and it will be the, the 29. And, oh, they'll be, be very happy when he gets down to do a, a 29. And, and then it'll be, you know, and he has done a 29 in this session, actually. He's done a 29.222, and now he's lapping in 30.5. That's what you've got to do. Find a time that you can replicate without putting too much stress on the car or on you. You don't want to be riding the curbs. You don't want to be taking chances in traffic you don't want to be getting in other people's way you've got to be able to feel comfortable and then rinse and repeat every time you come across the start line reset forget the last lap it's gone start on the first lap where's your t- where's your breaking point where's your down change point where's your turning point for turn one and then go through every single lap like that every single lap is one lap at a time yeah one lap at a time that is the key certainly and talking of one lap at a time we've got maybe time for another couple of laps in this session see Chad McCombie has just gone out of the pits in car number 8 look at that he's got down to 29 flat Mark Ramsey as we were talking, see you talk about somebody. It's not the curse of the he's commentator listening. here. He must be. He's yeah, tuned he's in on ninety point seven, isn't yes, he? he is. Twenty nine zero, fastest lap of the session. See, that's all right because non-pro drivers don't do their best lap the first lap out. You build up to it. You're gaining experience. I'm, I'm presuming he's not been here before, Jeremy. I would imagine not. So he'll have had some time in the car yesterday in the and the test, and all the time he's learning. And if his last lap of this session is his fastest lap, that might—that's not necessarily the bad thing. Absolutely right. And uh, now he'd be wanting a twenty-eight, of course, because he's got down to a twenty-nine flat. And making it also well, making his debut this weekend in this championship is uh, Danny Cock in the, from Pit Meadows in BC, making his debut. That team's debut. That's the Shining Star Motorsport by Atlantic Racing Team. Atlantic Racing Team, remember that former BMW, I think, um, uh, making it with, with a Mercedes this weekend, and and uh, and uh, uh, Danny, who runs runs a, a the AMG Driving Academy, runs an ice racing school. Well, Mark Ramsey's quicker than him in this session, so that's uh, that's a, a, a good effort. Stand by for a Canadian jumping up the timing screens. Get ready to wave those maple leaves here oh. at the circuit as Jesse Lazar is putting a good lap together. And goes through to seventh position, a one twenty-five two five four. So within a half a second of the best time set by Damien Faulkner in the thirty-three Winwood Racing Mercedes, half a, I'm within half a second of the fastest time, and he's in seventh. That's how tight it is at the top there. 
He's yeah. got time for another one, though. He did get through. So this might be an opportunity to improve again. Not a bad first sector, 26-5. Very close to his best sector last time around. Checkered flag is out. Spencer Pompelli has shown us uh, stopping out of the course. Maybe he ran out of fuel in that car. The checkered flag is waving. These laps will count. This is just practice. It's not qualifying. This is yes. still. People, drivers trying to work their way up the order. See them come round. If you're on the lap, of course, you get to finish it. Top 14 uh, cars are within a second in this session. Sheer Adam has been down to the Porsche number 28 pit to find out why Spencer Pumpelli had stopped out on the circuit. And the answer comes... Ding, ding, ding. Jeremy wins. They ran him out of fuel just to see how much it would take. Yeah. Better to do it now than on the run-up to the line at Road America, which has happened to Spencer before. Twice, I think. In, in consecutive years, or maybe t twice in three years. And, and, and that's one of the well. problems here at, uh, at Canadian Time Motorsport Park also, because you've got to come uphill the uh, Mario Andretti straight uh, leading towards the pit lane. It, last couple of corners, again, it's a little bit of an uphill into into out of the final corner into the pit lane as well. So you, in some tracks you might be able to coast in. Certainly can't at Road no, America. That's a steep uphill drive no. to the uh, to the pit lane there. But, and here it's you, you're not going to coast up here either. So uh, it's it's tricky. You want to make sure you know exactly how how much fuel you have in that tank. And Good pit entry. Run out, it's better to do it now than uh, tomorrow. Good pit entry from Russell Ward there. Came in the, and the pit uh, speed limit line. Uh, is uh, just before the left-hand corner. And he was super late on the brakes, but didn't lock up the Continental tyres. Made up two or three cars lengths on the guys around him as he was coming in there. And then hit the pit lane speed limiter. Michael Schumacher used to be the man for that, didn't he? Yeah. See how late he could break without uh, throwing laps, it at the wall. In laps, very, very important. It'll be, it'll be almost certainly be Russell Ward who will qualify that car tomorrow and therefore take the first stint into the race. So he... He's working on getting that pit entry uh, down as fast as he possibly can to minimise the time loss as he comes into the pit lane to hand over to Damien Faulkner. And the last lap around for Russell Ward, by the way, was a, a 126.1, which was, I think it was actually the quickest car on the track that last lap. It was actually quicker than uh, Jesse Lazare by, uh, by a hair as well. So Russell Ward, who again is relatively new to the sport, learning very, very quickly. So, well done to the 33 Winward team uh, with Damien Faulkner and Russell Ward getting their fastest time. Damien behind the wheel. Uh, in TCR, it was Kuno Whitmer in the 74 Audi uh, that takes the top time. And the Mini, Chris Mullen in the 52 Mini right at the end there. Uh, he brought that car to the chequered flag of 32.8. That's, that's all right. That's a good time for a Mini ahead. Of the 73 similar car in second position. And that brings to an end a pretty busy day here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. For those of you listening around the world on uh, IMSA Radio, stay tuned. Uh, there's plenty of things coming uh, this evening um, with... Uh, and right through tomorrow and the rest of the weekend with Le Mans Classic with the 24 hours of Portimao and the VLN uh, in the morning. Johnny Palmer with Chris Dawes for VLN for Check Radio Le Mans for details. For those of you at the track, uh, we'll say good evening to you. Enjoy your Friday night. And uh, I'm sure Jim Martin will have a few words before we... Uh, shut down the PA and uh, 90.7 FM. We'll be back with you bright and early in the morning when we go racing Saturday 
is race day here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park and it'll all be live here on IMSA Radio. Good night. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.